Charlene and Bob Steinkamp, the founders of Rejoice Marriage Ministries, are pleased to bring you the following message. To find out more about other materials available from Rejoice Marriage Ministries, or if we can minister to you in any other way, please contact us. You can write Rejoice Marriage Ministries, P.O. Box 10548, Pompano Beach, Florida, 33061. Please visit our website at www.rejoiceministries.org. Our hope is that through Charlene's message, you will receive the encouragement from the Lord and with His strength and power, your marriage can be all that your Heavenly Father planned it to be. Welcome to Rejoice Marriage Ministries conference call. We're so excited to have everybody here tonight. And it's a Monday night in South Florida, and we have guests here tonight. And we're thrilled to have everyone here uh, on our panel. And we're also thrilled to have you here with us. And we are excited for all the ones that are going to be calling in. And if you have any family, friends, or loved ones, or friends that um, at work that you might know of, their phone number, and they have marriage problems, or um, they're going through a divorce, I would suggest you call them and tell them to tune in and listen to us. Listen to the um, teaching right now, and then also listen to a restored marriage, share their story and their process of marriage restoration that they're in. So we're excited to have everybody here. But the best part we do, we feel, is at the very end, and um, in just about an hour, we're going to be praying for all of you, and we're going to be praying for you, your husband, your children, your spouse, to be set free from whatever addictions they're in. And we're just so excited that uh, you are calling in, and we just pray that everybody on Facebook and Twitter and everyone that receives Charlene Cares is going to be calling in tonight. So we're going to get started. We have guests tonight that is Missy and Greg, and they are uh, joining us to share their testimony, as I've said. We also have a guest of Bob who is um, here, who is going to be praying for all the male standards. And I know, men, you want me to keep constantly talking about you because you're the mighty men of God, and you need to become the spiritual leaders of your home. And some of you have made mistakes and have repented and are new creatures in Christ already. And so we're thrilled for all the men that are calling in, and we're thrilled for standing firm and all of the men that are writing devotionals and participate and we're uh, we just love the men and we um, have um, Deanne here uh, standing for in for the women and it's also going to be praying uh, for people who have addictions and we have also Beverly who works at the office and she is one of our prayer warriors and she is going to be praying also and of course we have Tim, who is running the show um, technically, and we have Lori, who is going to be here also praying um, for the children. So we're just excited to have everybody here, and we are going to open up in prayer, and I am going to get started so that we can get cl- uh, on with uh, Greg and Missy, and I know that's the part you like also. So let's open up with prayer. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for orchestrating, getting it all come together, and we just give you the praise and the glory. Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for all that you're going to do tonight. 
I pray that you are going to give hope and increase and or give faith uh, and trust and remove all fear from people that are anxious, uh, fearful of the circumstances of what they're facing. Lord, I pray that you will just come alive to them tonight and that you will show them that they can trust you, they can believe in you, they can have faith in you as the grain of a simple mustard seed. It doesn't have to be a lot to get your faith started. And we just ask that everything I say and do would bring glory and honor to you and to teach them um, how to believe in you more and not look at the circumstances. Oh, Lord, may we keep our eyes on you throughout every day of our lives, whether we're standing for our marriage or we're just working a regular day at work or if we are on a weekend, whatever is going on, we are asking us to keep our eyes on you throughout the day, and may you guide us and direct us, and may you help us through everything. And we will just give you all the praise and glory. Be with all the ones that are hurting the most tonight, Lord, and may you touch and heal every wounded, broken heart tonight. May you increase their faith, hope, and trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, I know that there are many of you that are hurting or have gone through difficult circumstances this past weekend or this past few weeks. Um, every season and every period of time or a week and something can suddenly happen that you're not expecting and it just pushes your button to say, I can't do this, I'm too tired, I'm ready to give up. And that is not the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That is the enemy uh, shooting his fiery darts at you. And um, I do want you all to know that um, if you've never heard me speak before, um, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the answer for all of your problems, and we want you to have a personal relationship with him. We want you to know that there's darkness and there's light, and Jesus Christ is the light, and he came uh, and died on the cross for all of our sins and for the lost. And so I'm going to open up with a special scripture that I think will help you with that. I just want you to believe that with his mighty power, Jesus Christ living within you by the power of the Holy Spirit, nothing is impossible. He can do anything in your impossible circumstances that you're facing today. So Luke 4 is if you don't have a Bible with you, you don't need it. All you can need is a pencil and paper and just write these scriptures down and you can look them up later and you will have fun reading them later, even a second time, because God, um, the Holy Spirit will really speak to you uh, privately and uh, when you're not just listening to me teach and he can deal with you personally about your own cir circumstances. So Luke 18 is where we're going to go tonight. Luke 4, 18, I misspoke. Luke 4 and verse 18. And um, this is right when Jesus, in chapter 4, I'll give you a little history, and he uh, was led by the Spirit into the desert where he was there for 40 days, but then he was tempted by the devil. And there is a devil, and that's what we've got to realize. And if we have never knew that, if you're a brand-new Christian and you've never been taught that, 
or never read about it yet, then there, that is what we have to realize, that there is an enemy. Uh, just like there's an enemy with ISIS, there's an enemy with the devil. So we want to um, take you, to, and he was uh, tempted. He was there for 40 days, and he was tempted by the enemy and asked questions. But I'm going past that, and I'm going down to... Um, Luke 16, where he was um, defeated the enemy, the enemy left him, and the angels came and ministered to him, and then um, he then went to Nazareth, and verse 18 is where, well, I'll go back to uh, 16 and get you started into it so you'll know where you're at. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom and this is Jesus and he stood up to read and the scroll on the prophet Isaiah was handed to him unrolling it he found the place where it is written the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I just want to emphasize and want to to emphasize, uh, number one, that Jesus Christ is proclaiming freedom, and that's freedom. Freedom that you and I are praying for each and every day for loved ones that do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Freedom for all of our standards, spouses, and freedom for the children that may have become teenagers and been tempted, or the teenagers who are rebellious, or young children that are rebellious because their parent, one of their parents, have left and they have left the home, which has caused us such um, disarray, um, confusion, pain, hurt, uh, but it's also caused a wounded heart for the kids to understand why mommy or daddy have left and they didn't, uh, and they don't come by, they don't call often, and they don't spend time with them. Now, we are blessed, oh, we are blessed. We have many that come over once a week, we have many that come weekly and take them out, and I want to tell you, you need to count your blessings because that's not the norm. And uh, a lot of times when they leave, they run away from the whole situation because they can't handle the Holy Spirit conviction of coming back home because the Holy Spirit keeps dealing with them. And so they just run and stay gone. So freedom from for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to release the oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So freedom is what we're going to be talking about. We want you to believe that there's freedom in Jesus Christ. If we don't have you to believe that one basic truth, then we're not going to be able to have you get grow stronger in the Lord. And you have to believe that, that Jesus Christ came to come to uh, save the lost. That was his mission. That was his, uh, God sent him down to die on the cross to shed his blood on Calvary for all sinners, which includes all of us and your spouses and the worst person that may be sinning right now. So all we have to do is pray for them to repent, confess their sins, repent, and turn from their wicked, sinful ways. 
So we got to believe that he can come for the prisoners and recover of their sight, recover their sight, to open their eyes um, where they're blinded. And right now you've got to believe that they're blinded, they're deceived, um, they really don't know uh, what is going on. So um, that is where our, our situation is. And I want to take you to John 8. And John 8 says, in verse 31, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And there is that word of freedom. And it says, um, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son, which is he's talking about being a child of the king of kings, belongs to it forever. So if the son, which is capital S, sets you free, you will be free indeed. And that is the hope, that is the praise that we and you and I have that Jesus Christ does come and set them free. We, you've heard our testimony, and you know what the Lord has done. So we just want to have you believe that God can do immeasurably more than we can ever begin to ask. And he is able. He is able. And Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. You have to come to the point that you believe that he is able to do all that he can imagine, that he can do beyond our imagination. It is beyond our imagination. So, well, I was reading this past weekend, and it was on Friday night, and Second Peter came alive to me. So let us go to Second Peter chapter 1. And um, I'm going to read verses 1 um, through 11, and I just wanted to dissect it for just a few minutes and get you to um, see this. You know, I believe sometimes we don't know how much God loves you. He sent his only son to come to this earth, and he loves you so much. And I want you to, when you wake up, to know that you've got a Heavenly Father that has been there all that night uh, just with you. And he never slumbers. And he wants you to know that all we just need to say, good morning, Lord. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for guiding and directing me each and every day. Be with my children. Protect them. But be with my husband and tell my wife and tell them how much I miss them. And you can just say any other words to the Lord, but you need to talk to Jesus. You need to talk to the Holy Spirit. You need to pray right before you even put your foot out of that bed, before you shut that alarm off and then start talking to him because he's right there with you and we want you to say, Lord, I need you today. I need help. Without you, I can do nothing. So Second Peter, I want to read it to you. Simon Peter, a servant, is the one that wrote this, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ has, have received a faith as precious as ours. Now this is my prayer for you today. Grace and peace be yours in abundance 
through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, this is our scripture. If some of you recognized it, it was Sunday's scripture. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in abundance. He wants you to have grace, God's mercy and grace. He wants to know that you have peace. And so many of you are missing that peace. And we want you to know that God is going to give you that peace that is beyond understanding. So then we go to verse 3. His divine power. And there's the secret. We've got to believe, as it says in Ephesians 6, finally be strong in his mighty power. Well, Ephesians 6 says that, but Second Peter 1 says his divine power has given us everything. And understand that word, everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him, Jesus Christ, who called us by his own glory and goodness. Because of, of he loved us so much. He's called you. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Now, I'm going to go back and I'm going to just read a few and then talk. Through Though he has get, he's given us divine power, and he wants us to know that we have everything we need for life and godliness. For life, he is our Jehovah Jireh, that in Philippians 4.19, he shall supply all our needs. And for godliness, we are to live a Christ-like life. That is our goal. That is our, what we're to be, more like Jesus each and every day and more Christ-like. We're to live victorious Christian lives through our knowledge of him. And how do we do that? By reading the word, by listening to the radio programs on the on your radio, Christian radio, Christian TV, uh, reading our devotionals, um, all in the Christian books or however you do it, but you just keep filling yourself up with the the things of the Lord and you're going to get your uh, tank of knowledge and of love just filled up to full. So he's called you by his glory and goodness. And then the other word that I want you to see, it says has given us very great and precious promises. And there's over three, 4,000 um, promises in the Bible that while you read it, the Holy Spirit will have one just lift, lift off the page, and he's going to speak to you. Now, I dare say you may get one at the beginning of standing, but there are people that have journals where the Lord gives them precious promises or precious scriptures or precious men of God or prophets in the Old Testament that spoke to them about, like Joseph. Uh, I love Joseph because he speaks to has spoken to my heart so much. Um, but we want you to understand, stand on the promises of God. There's standing on the promises of God. There's a hymn of that. But we want you to start really saying, Lord, I want promises from you, and, and I want you to, to speak to me, and ask him to speak to you. You know, it says in Matthew 7, ask, seek, and knock, and if you don't ask, seek, and knock, you're not going to receive. So it says, so that, that, and I'm going to go back, verse 4, that 
through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Now we know that there is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And we know the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy, but he's given life abundantly to us. So we know that Jesus wants, Satan wants to destroy us, but Jesus wants to give us life abundantly. So we have to escape the corruption in the world, and that is what happened. Your spouse was tempted, and they did not escape. They went into it. And some of them have gone into it open with their eyes open, thinking they weren't going to trouble, and they could do two things and live a double life, and they can't. I mean, it won't happen. It just doesn't happen. So we've got to pray. And these, the, this whole passage I'm reading to you, I want you to realize that you can just put your spouse's name and your name in it, and you can pray that your spouse will have a divine nature and escape the corruption that they're in. And you know what it is. You can mention it. Caused by evil desires. And the flesh has evil desires. But we have to crucify that sinful nature, which is in Galatians 5. And we've, I've talked about it and, uh, and, and written about it. But in Galatians 5, we want to say that we want to crucify the sinful nature and then we want to loose or put on us and, and live by the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So I won't go through that right this second, but let's go on. That's important because you've got to pray and understand your spouse has been deceived, he's been tempted by the enemy, and don't be mad at him or her, but have compassion and mercy and pray Psalm 51 with their name in it and with your name in it, that you will not be angry or have unforgiveness or hatred, but you will have compassion and love because he was tempted by the devil and he didn't or she didn't realize it did not even know what was happening. They were blinded by the enemy, and we should not be. We don't want to be, but haven't you and I fallen in how many different ways? So judge not lest we want to be judged. But I just want to say don't get mad and angry and don't pray for them. That's not the answer. We've got to really pray for a breakthrough that they get set free from Satan's trap. And for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Now, I'm asking you tonight, we can talk about your spouse all we want, but I want to have you examine your own heart. I want you to examine where are you. You could have a very bitter root right now of anger, bitterness, and hatred, what your spouse is doing to you, to your finances, to your house, to your children. And I'm asking you tonight, let us not, because that, that is just sin. And we don't want to block anything that the Lord wants us to do. We want to be totally cleansed from all unrighteousness and say, Lord, fill me up. So for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith. And where's your faith at? He wants you to add goodness. And to goodness, he wants to add knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. Love comes over a multitude of sins. You may not know that scripture, but it's an awesome scripture to know. If you just look at that, those virtues, these characters of what we, he wants us to make every effort to add to us faith and then goodness and knowledge 
and self-control. When I saw that self-control, I thought, Lord, give me self-control to be obedient, that I live alone now, that I just don't run wild not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, which can happen to you, okay? And and we just think, well, my husband's not home. I don't have to do the dishes. I don't have to vacuum. I don't have to dust. Or a man might say, I can do whatever I want in something in another way. I can play golf every day. But I want you to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And I want to keep the house and everything perfect because they may come home tonight. You never know when they're going to come home. And you want to be ready, completely ready. And we want to have perseverance. And we need perseverance. If we don't have perseverance, we will not stand uh, next week when something happens. We're just going to throw in the towel, and we don't want to do that. We want to have Christ's perseverance of running the race to the finish line. We want to run the race to the finish line, and we want to do it with godliness, holiness, Christ-likeness, with brotherly kindness, um, and with love. Love is is for everyone, even our enemies, because the Lord says, love our enemies, love others. Verse 8, let me continue. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, meaning they are to grow, they will keep you from being ineffective, useless, and unproductive instead of being fruitful. We, and so it's, it's very powerful what it's saying here. So if you possess these qualities, they will keep you from becoming ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Satan would love to have you become ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will do everything to have you be on that iPad, Facebook, Twitter, games, uh, whatever you are doing at nighttime till 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning and become ineffective and unproductive in growing in the Lord and the knowledge and praying and fasting and doing what you need to do to have your house in order. But So I want to warn you, this is what he's telling us. Peter is warning his church. But if anyone does not have them, he says he's nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he's been cleansed from his past sins. And we got to be, I'm warning you, this is what it says for us. But then I read it again, and I thought, that's what happened to our husbands, our wives. It's because for somewhere along the line, they became ineffective and unproductive in their knowledge of growing in the Lord, or they never knew the Lord, and they didn't want to mention the Lord, and don't, don't, I don't want to go to church, and you took the kids, and you went to church, or they may have gone to church, and they were mighty in God, but they stopped reading the Word, or something happened while they were reading the Word, and they were disobedient, or they were tempted, and then you know what happened. They became nearsighted, blind, and had forgotten that the Lord had cleansed them from their past sins. So I'm saying beware. Beware that you do not fall in the trap of stop standing and fighting for your spouse and for the salvation of every one of your children, that you be all that you need to be as a man and woman of God, standing firm, 
fighting the fight, which is fighting the, it's like the war room in the, the movie. It's standing up and, and spending time, and it's fasting and praying, and it's writing prayers, it's reading prayers with the spouse's name in it, and you are getting serious about standing. And I can pretty well say that if you don't stand firm and fight the fight and put on the armor of God and uh, put the hedge of protection, the blood of Jesus, you are not going to have your spouse come home because the Lord won't bring him home until you're ready. So it says there, verse 10, Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. Are you where you're supposed to be? You know, God is calling you. This is an assignment that God has given you. I know that. And if you don't know it, ask the Lord, is this my assignment? Am I supposed to pick up the cross and follow the narrow road? Because I know this is a special assignment. Because this is not just for you and your husband or you and your wife and your children. This is for your future generations and for many generations other people around you. It's for hundreds or thousands of people you'll be talking to. You'll never think you'll ever have any effect on, but you can just write one blog and you can affect so many people. So if you do these things, you will never fall. What a promise from God. So that says, therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling election sure. So you got to write it down. Know that you know that you know you're supposed to do this. No doubt about it. For if you do these things, you will never fall, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It means that you will say, well done, thy faithful servant. Well done. Because the Lord has given you a call on your life. He's got uh, your spouse has been taken captive, and he has chosen you to stand and fight for your marriage. And it's not about how long. It's not. It's learning how to do it. It's learning to grow in the Lord. Go to your church every week. Take Bible study courses in your church. Go to Bible study with your church, with your kids going to Wednesday night services in their youth group. And get, grow, grow, grow spiritually. Become a mighty man and woman or woman of God. And don't give up on God. May this scripture, 2 Peter 1, verses 1 to 11, become like manna for you this week as you dissect it and do a cross-reference on all these scriptures and see what the Lord will show you even more. Remember the fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-faithfulness and self-control. Remember, God is able to do anything beyond what you can ever imagine, and I want you to believe that because God is able. Lord, I just praise you and thank you. Thank you for all that you've done and all you're going to do in every one of the marriages that finds our website. And, Lord, we just ask that you will bless every standard to have faith, hope, and trust in you and that they will increase their faith even more tonight as they listen to Missy and Greg as they share their testimony. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for your word. Because every time I read it, 
And every time they read it, you have a plan and a purpose to speak to us and give us hope for that very moment and for that very day. If we don't read that day, we're going to be hungry that day for your word. So help us be faithful in reading and studying your word, and we will grow in the Lord mightily. To God be the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Greg and Missy, we are so excited to have you tonight. Thanks, Charlene. We're excited to be here. Hi. Hi. I don't know if many people know you or have known you. There's going to be some that have your uh, CD. Um, and it, and Missy, you can share about that because you two uh, recorded it. We won't talk about the recording, but... Did you think we went to Texas on a conference and uh, last year, and we asked Missy and Greg to meet us one night before, and uh, it's Rooted in Love. And uh, Rooted in Love is really what they talked about, and uh, we had fun. And they can't, are not going to talk about that tonight, but they're going to share something else. But we are thrilled and honored you made the CD Rooted in Love because so many have, have come to know Missy and Greg personally and know their whole story, and uh, it's exciting. I, I love it when, when uh, our standards, um, they have their marriage restored, and then they get bold and say, let's share it to other people for hope and encouragement. What a gift you gave us all. Well, thanks, Charlene. We were, we were really happy to do that. Like I said, we, we did record that CD, and it's available for, for folks to get and, and hear our whole testimony. And, and uh, if you'll remember that night, I, I talked uh, so much that, that you had to spend about <laughs> three weeks cutting uh, information to get it down to the CD. So tonight, Missy's just going to give a, a brief uh, synopsis of, of our story before we go into uh, what we're talking about tonight. Right. So to that, I'm just going to real quickly just kind of timeline um, where we were and where things kind of fell apart and where we are now because we really want to get to the meat of what what we really want to share tonight. And so um, so you can find all the details of, of this more on those.cd. Um, but so... October 2008, I heard those famous words, I don't love you, and I don't think I ever have loved you, and it came as a great shock to me. At that point, we had been married, um, I think, going on 13 years. Our anniversary is in January, so it was right before our anniversary, and it was a complete shock. We had been high school sweethearts, and we had dated six years, and then been married all those years, and we had one child, and... So it it really just threw me into a crazy tailspin that I'm sure many on the call can really understand and relate to, and I was really devastated and hopeless, um, just couldn't even breathe mostly. And then and Greg didn't leave at that point, but that was kind of the start of the huge downfall. And then by February of 2009, he did move out. I kind of pushed that game so it wasn't solely his his doing, but just a lot of things have been revealed and a lot of hurt and a lot of just pain. And so that that kind of just exploded into that in February. Um, then in April or May-ish, I didn't pull out my calendars to look at the date exactly, but that's about when I found Rejoice Courage Ministries. It was, I say, God works through Google. I was Googling God saved my marriage, and sure enough, 
Resorts Marriage Ministries popped up, and I started reading, and I've done this many times since to see if it would work, and it hasn't ever worked since, but that day when I Googled it, it was a page of testimonies that came up, little short testimonies. Um, it wasn't the home page. It wasn't. It was just a little page of testimonies, and everyone spoke specifically to me. Um, and uh, so we lived. We lived that very awkward and emotional and um, just terrible time from 2009, from February 2009, until around about the summer of 2010. Um, I had asked Greg to at least wait one year to, to file for divorce because I said, you know, we had been together for so many years, it seemed kind of crazy to throw it all down the drain so quickly, and he did um, honor that wish. He was always faithful through that horrible time, though, to provide for us, although he wasn't living at our home. Um, but it was, a, it was a very hard time, although once I really got in the Word and really kind of started really learning for the first time ever in my life what, what marriage meant to God. And thanks to Charlene's teaching, I can I can totally look to her for being the person to bring that to me. Um, I just really started just digging deep into the Word of God and to just spending time with Him to find out what He wanted from us. And so, in we had a great um, summer vacation um, in the summer of 2010. Greg went on vacation with us, which was. Um, kind of a really odd thing, but it was amazing. And I was thinking, oh, this is it. This is totally it, God. You're, this, you're, we're on the cusp, and it's all about to just totally um, turn out the way that I believe you have it. And um, so a lot of those false starts, we were having some family dinners. But we came home from va- vacation, and I learned that there was another baby on the way, which wasn't really overly devastating to me, which still to this day seems like it's only the peace of God that was through all that. And then shortly after that, Greg did file for divorce. And again, I kind of had a short slump of going, oh, my goodness, what in the world has happened here? Um, Thanks thanks be to God that many times in the next three months, um, things kept getting delayed. um, And nothing was proceeded with in that divorce situation because of delays. And then very surprisingly and very suddenly, without me having any clue whatsoever, on October um, of 2010, like the last week of October of 2010, Greg called me one day and wanted to go to lunch, and I couldn't. I had a, a work meeting, and I told him to come to the house afterwards, and he came, and he said he wanted to move home. And I just, if you know me well, me not having anything to say is a pretty big deal. Um, but that was the beginning of a restoration. It wasn't a, It wasn't by any means a, a wow, let's get married again moment by any means. Um, But at least he was coming home. And so he moved into our back bedroom, and he lived here with us, and we were a family. Um, At least in my mind, we were a family. And uh, he made it pretty clear he was not coming home to be my husband, and he was not coming home for that purpose, but that he would not be... um, rude and naughty and be going out with other women at the time, um, but that it was surely kind of a financial situation, but that he would be here. And so that I was perfectly fine with that and welcomed him here. And then God just very quickly started working, 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 working. A lot of different things happened, and lo and behold, we were very blessed by another couple who, who had many marriage struggles and had 
reaped great rewards from going to a family life conference um, weekend to remember retreat, and they offered to send us in March, and Greg agreed to go. And that was really where we became truly reconciled as a husband and a wife. Um, God had also promised me way back in that 2009-2010 period, um, it's kind of funny, our CD is rooted in love because God kept speaking to me about using trees and using plants and all the things through the Bible about, you know, vines. And um, anyway, God had really spoke very clearly to me that we would have a child, which I thought that was kind of crazy. But anyway, I started just being excited about that. And lo and behold, in 2011, we welcomed our son, Andrew, to this world. And um, so that is a very short and quick glimpse of our, our, our marriage and where it's been and where it is now. Um, we are here today still in a restoration process, not in a completed work, and I don't think any of us are complete until the day of Jesus, but um, still standing and still believing together Amen. that God has a good plan for us. So um, with that, that's kind of our short synopsis. I tried to do it in five minutes. I think I went a little over, but that's our short synopsis of, our, of, our, of where we've been. But tonight, um, we just we worked on this collectively, some things that we really want people to hear about, um, you know, how to respond to maybe an in-house prodigal, maybe even uh, uh, on the cusp of coming home prodigal, or really, to be quite frankly honest, just a prodigal that's far away. I think you can start applying these principles even when they're not in your house, and when they get in your house, then you know how to apply them in person. Um, but it just is a lot of it's a mindset, even more than um, a physical action. Although physical actions follow the mindset of having a heart that's contrite and willing and humble and wanting to see what God can do. Like Missy said, um, you know, one of the one of the best things I think to keep in, in mind is is very very rarely when when uh, a marriage is is restored, it, it might happen. Suddenly, but the the restoration process is uh, it's really not not one that happens overnight. It's something that that absolutely takes some time, and it did with us when I came back. So uh, we were kind of thinking about some of the uh, some of the the things that that we did, and uh, specifically Missy did when I returned, and how that uh, helped to to create a good atmosphere for for that restoration process to happen, and for for uh, God's work to be done and, and really his His voice to be heard. And I think the, the main thing with uh, being able to hear what God is doing in your life is, is uh, getting that atmosphere of peace that uh, that he operates in. I think that, that God is a God of peace. And, and when we hear him and when we most clearly hear his His leading and, and instruction, it's, it's, uh, it's coupled with, with a peace that we know is, is true and and not of, of ourselves, but of, of his making. So uh, one of the things that, that we have on, on our list that I think Missy did really, really well when I returned home was that uh, she began to to uh, act and respond towards me and, and treat me like uh, the husband and man that she knew God wanted me to be and not necessarily the man that I I was or or you know, reflective of, of my behavior, um, that she treated me with respect. She treated me like I was the head of the household, even though I was 
essentially just some roommate living in the in the, the spare bedroom. Uh, she treated me uh, just like I was supposed to be, uh, which was her husband and, and, and the father of our child. And, and uh, she treated me with that respect, uh, even though I was certainly not deserving of, of that respect. It was, uh, I think it, it did a, a just wonders in giving me the um, the ability to, to to feel comfortable being back in, in our home and uh, and seeing that she had uh, hope and, uh, you know, respect for me and, and that she actually did have uh, a vision for, for where our life was going to be. And, and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't an atmosphere where I felt like I was, I was constantly having to uh, uh, relive or apologize for my uh, past mistakes, but given a, a hope of a future uh, with her and, and our family. I thought that was a, a, a big deal. I, I wanted to add to that too, that, that that comes in really tangible ways. Um, um, act like a wife, um, you know, dinner, laundry. As you go somewhere, you can introduce them as your husband. Um, I mean, just there's a lot of simple everyday practicalities you can do. And I recently, um, you know, since we've been been sharing our story and hearing other people's story, sometimes I see other people saying that they're standing, and I think they believe that in their heart, but then their reactions to their mate are not looking like that at all. You know, very it's very awkward if that person happens to show up or be in, we live in a small town, and, you know, I just think that, that we have a great a great chance to act like Jesus and how we respond and act in front of others as well. Um, I think that living out Christianity um, doesn't always take words, but actions just in our, our quiet demeanor. I wrote down 1 Peter 3, 1, and it says, you know, that that if you're with, I have it right here, but if you, if you, uh, if they refuse to obey the good news and your that your godly lives will speak to them without any words and they will be won over by overseeing uh, by observing your pure and reverent lives. And I think just being just being godly and kind and peaceful, like Greg said, um, speaks volumes without having to point to anything specifically in in the life of sin. I think another thing that. Uh... I'm not sure how how Missy probably you know achieved this other than just the the guidance and strength of, of the Holy Spirit, but I think she did a, a, a good job with this. Um, she mentioned uh, when when she found out the news that uh, that yes, through one of my indiscretions, uh, another child was on the way. That before we got uh, before we eventually did get back together, she. Learned that news and and didn't uh, didn't have a, a total meltdown over it. And the Holy Spirit really did give her strength and, and peace in that that was that was well beyond the the capabilities of what I would have expected. Um, but I think that that one of the uh, important things to remember is if you're living with a, a prodigal in in the home or someone who's newly returned or or you know if you're standing for a marriage and and your spouse is is out. Uh, behaving as prodigals behave, I think it's important that we, as believers and followers of Christ, that we don't expect sinners to act like anything except sinners. I think very often 
as as Christians, we we fall down on on this a lot. We we look at the world around us and we're so shocked and, and dismayed at the at the sin and, and devastation that is going along around us, and it's it's only to be expected. It's 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 the way that sinful people act in a sinful world, and and act hurt and shocked by that is I, I think doing a disservice to your to your spouse. Even though it may be a hurtful thing and it may be even shocking, it, it shouldn't be surprising that somebody who is living a life of sin is going out and actively pursuing sin. And for us as believers to uh, stand in that gap for that person, uh, not in a way that, that is judgmental or, or harsh, but in, in a loving way, I think is important. And uh, one of the, of the verses that we had, had looked at with that was in Hebrews um, Hebrews 12, the first four verses, uh, I think is is important and kind of hard words for us to hear, but but it's it's true. It tells us, uh, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And and what I what I think is, is most poignant in this verse and hardest to take often is in verse 4 where it says, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And, and to bear in mind all that has been done on our behalf by Christ and, and knowing that, that we were just as guilty as any of the sinful men that, that, uh, that put him to death, and yet he did not treat them with, with half the, the scorn and, and rejection that we sometimes treat our own spouses when they sin against us. I think it's important for us to remember that we have not resisted to the point of shedding our own blood and I think, yeah. and I think with that, the best and easiest way to do that is to just to zip your lips. I think that Charlene talks about that all the time, and there's a thousand verses we could go to about our words. But I would just say, zip your lips, don't snoop, just trust in God. And when you're thinking, oh, I can't trust this person, you're not. Jesus didn't ask you to trust them; He asked you to trust Him. And I mean, just don't don't go there mentally or any other way. Um, that's that's my next thing. Is that is just don't don't go there. And and one of the things that we've come to to realize, both Missy and I, and in, in, in our own lives and in dealing with with other uh, people who have gone through similar situations, is that you know there's there's something much larger at stake in standing for for one's marriage, particularly when when you're dealing with uh, someone who has has fallen away from their faith, or maybe they never never really were a follower of Christ or never really believed in Christ, even if they might have professed to do so, there is a person's eternal salvation at stake here, not just the restoration of a a marriage, which would be wonderful to have and great and and more comfortable and and happy for everybody involved, but the, the real ramifications of this is that there's a person's eternal soul at stake at the end of this restoration and, and one of the verses that I think speaks to that uh, very strongly is in Second Corinthians five, seventeen to the end of the chapter. It says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ 
and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And, and that's, that's kind of the, the uh, hallmark for Missy and I that we, we try to, to live by, that we have been given this reconciliation to God, reconciliation to, to one another, that all of this is through Christ and for Christ, and that we now have been given the responsibility to act as Christ's ambassadors and to bring that message of reconciliation to others. This is far uh, more reaching than, than just the saving of, of a single marriage. This is this is for the salvation of many. Yes, of many. And, and Philippians, I'm just going to follow that with Philippians 3, 8. It says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. And, you know, that's where I was with, with Greg when I really kind of got a hold of what marriage meant via God's standards um, is I did love him dearly, and I did want us to be reconciled in the sweetness of the romance and all those things. But most importantly, I did not want him to die and not know Christ. And, you know, I did not want my children to have that legacy. And that was really the crux of when it got really, really hard and it really hurt. That was what I just held to is that if Christ died for my sins while I was yet a sinner, then I could suck it up and I could put my trust in God, and I could read another scripture, and I could sing another song, and I could put a smile on my face, and I could know that this was for salvation and for Greg's eternity. But that doing good really changed my attitude in the process. There's, you can, you know, cross-reference doing good in the Bible, and I promise you'll find more scriptures than you could possibly ever memorize. But if I did good and I saw faith and trust in Christ and I was patient, God would work, and you know that's where it came. That's where it came about that um, that God just really did work when I got out of the way. When it's gone, are you there? I'm on the phone. I just wasn't sure you were done. <laughs> there is nothing, nothing more important than what you've just said. Because that is exactly the way I felt about Bob. I went to the altar every week crying, praying that he would um, he would call me up every so often when he was desperate and realized the guilt and the shame of all that he had done. And I've written and talked about it, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it now again. There are some of you or your spouses um, that have thought of suicide. And um, and we've talked about this in the past, and they're in Bob's books. But um, he would call me up at midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, and say, you know, I've just been thinking about all what I've done and how I made a mess of my life, and I am just don't think, if you get a call, I just, I just can't handle it to live like this anymore because I can't come home anymore. And what you said is I thought, where would he go? Where would he go? Um, and because at the point I thought he really, really had never really known the Lord, like you said, Greg, perfectly, that they, you know, did he really know the Lord to go do what he all had done? 
And um, and when he came back home, and it's when he did turn his heart to the Lord, it, it, he was transformed, as you have been transformed. And that's when you know that you know that they have come to know the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and they have surrendered their heart and their life, not just to be Savior, but Lord of their life for the rest of their life. And, and they stay close to him. And that's what we're praying for, for every standard. I don't want to put fear upon you that what that could happen. But there's also, as I, um, I almost wrote about it last week, is there is judgment, there's consequences to our sins if we do not repent. And we need to pray that our spouses, and that's why I often pray Psalm 51 with all your names in it, and I pray, encourage you to pray for both your names, especially your husband or wife's name in it, that God would have mercy on them and have compassion against all the sins and iniquities, and that and we're just praying in faith that that, that scripture is going to come alive into their heart and life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, there is a heaven and there is a hell, and we don't want our spouses going to hell. And uh, that's we're standing in the gap, not just for one spouse, but for generations to come that, that our family got restored. And uh, one soul and one marriage at a time is what Bob and I said many, many years ago. It's not about numbers, but it's, it's about one heart, one soul, one marriage at a time. And uh, you did it beautifully. Did you have anything else you needed to say? Because you did excellent. I so much appreciate yeah. you doing that. Diane, there was one, there was one other thing you had on our, on our list that I think was important to say, and it's really more of a nuts and bolts practical thing rather than, than necessarily a, a, a you know, scripture and verse. But uh, I think it's really important. Missy and I have talked about this many, many times. Um, kind of like with that time when I had to sit down and, and talk with Missy about the fact that there was a uh, a child on the way that, that uh, came from a uh, an affair, that that was a really, really hard thing for, for Missy to deal with and for me to deal with as well. But oftentimes I think we have these uh, these things in the back of our minds or, or we, we make these line in the sand kind of point of no, no return mentality. We, we make in our mind this uh, this statement of, uh, you know, if if my spouse, if he or she ever does this, whatever it is, then I, I could never forgive them. Uh, I would never come back from that. And I, I think, practically speaking, avoiding that mentality and, and certainly avoiding speaking those those things out is really important because you're you're just giving the, the perfect kind of silver bullet ammunition to the enemy of, of just exactly what can take you down. And if you give that type of, of ammunition to somebody uh, that is out to destroy you anyway, uh, don't you know that they're going to absolutely use that against you? So I would avoid thinking that that way and certainly avoid um, speaking those kind of words of if, if my husband or wife ever did you know, this, that would be the end of it. Uh, I, I think above all things, watch what uh, what we think and what we what we say uh, so that, that our hearts are not led into that, that kind of disbelief. And I would just say the last thing I did all the time is, I think, I mean, obviously praying all kinds of scriptures with our names in it, but I still have it in the bathroom, and I try to do it on a regular basis daily if I remember, but praying First Corinthians 13, and you can just say, like, I say Greg and Missy's love 
never gives up. And Greg and Missy's love, because and not that our love doesn't, but the love of Christ through us doesn't. I'd really encourage that. Things that that put in your mind positive thoughts about who you are in Christ as a unit, not just as a person. And so we can dispel those horrible images that are in our mind that have produced the 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 death of the marriage. First so Corinthians think, thirteen is an excellent scripture, Missy. I just suggest it's excellent. I just found a little. I had it on the side of the fridge. I have it all over the house still, and this is from from year, from two thousand and ten. It says three eight two thousand ten, but I still have it. It says Greg and Missy's love is patient. It goes through the whole thing, and then at the bottom, I just personally wrote today and this day forward. I choose this for our family. I choose to believe that what God has promised, He will do, and I will hope in what I do not see, for that is what faith is. And I just think filling your heart and your mind and your mouth with those kinds of comments really strengthens you to stand and to have peace. Amen. Amen. Well, we're thrilled you shared. We're thrilled what you've said, and you've been a blessing tonight. And you're rooted in love. Greg did do an excellent teaching as a prodigal as that returned home and spoke such wisdom. And uh, he did an excellent job, and Missy was on there, but not to the extent of Greg. And we did cut a lot of it off, but uh, I told them we'd have them back on so they could get to do it again, and they did tonight beautifully. Thank you so much. And, Greg, um, we're going to ask you to pray for all these different marriages that you've been talking about, and too, um, for the men, and then uh, we're going to start our prayer time. And uh, may I encourage you, dear standers, uh, do not uh, flip or turn off or hang up or um, stop listening now. There is no most important thing you can do right now is to pray with us in agreement for you and your spouse, your children, and other loved ones do not know Jesus Christ as we are praying tonight because that is where the God moves is when we pray, when we talk to the Lord. And that's why we're doing this every time we do a conference call now. It's because we want God to move the mountains of your circumstances. And that's who we're praying for, all of you. And uh, so Greg is going to start as uh, as he has a restored marriage and is going to share and pray for everyone, for his men. Thanks, Greg and Missy. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Father, well, we come to you tonight, and we're so very grateful to have the opportunity as as children of yours to come before your throne and to make our requests known to you uh, in Christ Jesus and and to know uh, without any doubt that you will hear us and that you're concerned over what concerns us. Uh, Lord, I I, I know most of all that you are uh, interested in our lives being restored back to the the way that you created us to be, be, the the uh, perfection that you had in mind when when you thought of our lives, and and Lord, we we sometimes make a mess of that, um, but we know that that uh, through Christ we are a new creation. That old things have passed away, and that all things can be made new once again. And we are, are very grateful for for that and for your love and work in our lives, so that we can bring that message of renewal 
and, and restoration, not only for uh, for our marriages, but for our lives and our hearts and our souls to be restored in you and in Christ, that we may have that, uh, that promise of, of salvation and eternity with you. We're, we're grateful beyond any words for what you have given to us in, in the gift of, of your son, Jesus. We pray tonight for, for those out there that are are still outside of the perfection that you have uh, in mind for them, and that, that they're still fighting against that. I, I'm reminded, Lord, of, of, of when you spoke to Paul on the road to Damascus, and, and you, you said, uh, why are you persecuting me? And, and isn't it hard for you to kick against those goads? And, Lord, I, I know that feeling. I know uh, the feeling of, of being outside of your will and and kicking so hard against it and and knowing that it's wrong and knowing that it is hurtful to me, hurtful to my family, and and finally coming to the point of of giving up and saying, uh, you know, this is pretty pretty dumb. I I need to make a a different decision. I pray, Lord, that you would bring other other people to that place tonight, Uh, other men that are are outside of of your will and, and have have worked against you and, and are kicking against those spikes uh, that are so painful and so hurtful, and yet they're they're just continuing to do do it out of uh, out of pure ignorance, Lord, and and spitefulness. I pray, Lord, that you would would bring to them to their senses and that they would see that there is a much better road for them, a much a much easier path that you have have chosen. Lord, you told us that, that your burden is easy and that your, your yoke is light. And, and we oftentimes put burdens on ourselves that are, are so hard to bear. And, and we, we feel as if we have to continue bearing them, that there's no way out from under those. But it is easy, Lord, to step out from underneath that, easy to choose the path that you have set for us, and it's hard to go the other way. Uh, help those outside of your will tonight that are are uh, in their marriage but, but not behaving uh, like the, the husband and father that, that they know they should be, uh, those that have stepped outside of their marriage and are looking for ways out of that. Lord, I pray that you would, would speak to their hearts and show them that there is a much easier way for them to find the peace that they're looking for and to find the fulfillment that they are, are desiring, and it doesn't come outside of you. It only comes through Jesus Christ because we were made to be in Christ. We were not made to be outside of your will. We were not made to be outside of that that perfect uh, plan that you have for our lives. And when we are outside of that, all we find is brokenness and unrest and, and heartache and trouble. Lord, no matter where we look, no matter what we try to do, there's nothing we can do to get ourselves out of that. It is only through Christ that we can be restored. I pray that you would show that wisdom to those that are fighting so hard to find some rest and peace uh, outside of your will. Let them understand that only a relationship and restoration with God through Christ Jesus will bring that peace. In Jesus' name I ask. Jesus, we just come before you. We just thank you. We know that Satan has set out to kill and to steal and destroy, and we know that he set out to um, just bring harm and desolation and destruction and death, because we know the wages of sin are death. But we just thank you that you work together, you work all things together for good, 
and that what he has meant for harm, you've turned into good. And I thank you in our own life that you've turned it into good, God, that not just for my own salvation, not even just for Greg's salvation, but for the salvation of both of our children, for our grandchildren to come, for many people we've met had the opportunity to share with since then, God. Thank you that you have just turned what seems like such a horrible, terrible, just nothing good could come of this into to hope and to life. And you have been exceedingly abundantly above. God, I just pray today for people who are standing, whether it be a husband standing or a wife standing, that you would just just use this time of prayer to just wrap them up, God. Just fill them with your hope and your love. Just been reading in Psalms, and I just know you keep our tears in bottles. And you, David, had so often said how he was so hurt and so despised, so rejected. And I know Jesus was even more despised and rejected. So, God, you provided hope in the end. And at the end of every one of those songs, they're singing and rejoicing and, and praising of you, God. And we thank you for that. We ask that you would put in our hearts the ability to press on, that we would be able to forgive God, that we would not not have a forgiveness of our own, of mankind's forgiveness, God, but a true forgiveness, a forgiveness like Jesus forgives, that we would be washed away and it would just be nothing and that we would be able to love and to do good, that we would, um, with our words, we would speak hope and life and we would choose who we're going to serve, who our family's going to serve. We would decide how we're going to live righteously. God, you've given us what we need to live a righteous life. You've given us power through the Holy Spirit. We just thank you for that. I just pray right now for prodigals, God, that we would we would be burdened with their their lostness. That their one one mate, their one flesh mate would truly sense the lostness in a way that would would just press them on to pressing into you and press them on to continuing the race that is set before them. That they could just put 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 away the, the things of the past and look to the future. They could speak hope and life that when people would ask them, I mean, I've had many people ask me, how in the world do you have such a great attitude about all this? And I don't know the answer except I know Jesus. And Jesus gave me such a peace and such a, such a happiness to do things and to enjoy and to take part. I just pray that for these standards, God, that they would be a huge light to everyone around them, that it wouldn't be a time of doom or gloom or sadness or pity, but it would be a time of of light, that they would they would just be like a candle on a hilltop and nobody could be able to put it out. Pray that you would um that you would that we would realize that none of us are perfect or or able, but we would just continue in you, God, so that we could consider it um what you have for us. Um, that we wouldn't forget what, what what that we would forget what lies behind, but we would stray to what is ahead. God, we thank you this day, and we praise you for the many many miracles you're doing right now, whether we see them or not. We thank you that you have a great huge plan. That these people who are called to do this, that you are faithful and you will do what you have said you will do, yes. and we trust in that in Jesus' precious name. Hey, this is Deanne. I'm going to be praying for women's standards. Father, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would pour out the fresh oil of your anointing, Father, on every precious, precious woman. 
Father, that you would mend and heal all of their wounds, scars, God, their hurts and their pains, Father, that you would make their hearts whole, Lord God, whole, Father, that they could know they are whole in you, they are whole in Christ, Father God, that where they are right now in their stand, Father God, that their their lives do not stop, their lives are not put on hold, Father God, that you would show them their purpose and their destiny, Lord, that you would show them who they are and the plans that you have for them, Lord God, that they would be full of joy, as Missy said, that they would have the joy of the Lord and they would just just radiate the light and the love of God, Father, to to all of our to our prodigal spouses and our prodigal children, Father God, to everyone that we that we're around, Father God, that that they know that we belong to you and that you are with us, Father God. And Lord, I bind the spirit of heaviness. The spirit of heaviness, Lord, that would bring depression and mourning, sorrow, grief, sadness, Father, hopelessness and despair, God, even loneliness, Father God, as so many feel like they're alone and they're abandoned, Father God, and rejected. Father God, discouragement and and brokenheartedness, Father, we know that that spirit of heaviness, Lord, it's not of you. So right now I bind that spirit of heaviness, Father, and I, I cast it out from every precious, precious standard, Lord, and we declare and decree, Father, that that you are with us and that we have on the garment of praise, Father. I put the garment of praise on every precious standard, Lord, and I put the oil of joy upon us, Father God, that we would know that we know that we know, God, that we are not forgotten or rejected or forsaken, God, that you are with us and you are our provider, Father God, that you will meet every need, Lord. Your word says that there's no lack and no want for those who love you, Father. So I declare, Mm -hmm. Father, that you are Jehovah Jireh. You are the Lord, our provider, Father God. And you're our protector, Father God. Lord, let each precious woman, Father, know that they are that they are that they are there, Father God. That you are with them, Lord. That you hear every single single prayer that we pray, Lord God. That you've caught all of our tears, Father God. That you are holding us and you're carrying us. Those days that we feel like we can't walk, Father God, you are carrying us through, Lord God, because you are right there with us. You will never leave us or forsake us, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would give every precious standard, every precious woman, Father God, insight and discernment, Lord. That things are not always as they sing, Father God. We know that our prodigals try to portray such an image of bliss and happiness, Father, but we know that things, we we have to walk by faith, Father God. Help Mm -hmm. us to walk by faith and not by sight, Lord God, that we would know, Lord, that that there are consequences, Father God, for the sins. And Father, I pray that you would give us your heart of, of mercy, your heart of compassion, Father God, for our prodigals, Lord God, that we would say yes, Lord, that we would accept the assignment, Father, not just for us and for our prodigals, but for our children, our grandchildren, Father, for our future lineage, that we would say yes, Lord, I accept this assignment to stand in the gap and intercede, Father God, as Missy said, and, and we've been speaking tonight, Lord, it truly is about their, their deliverance, it truly is about our precious prodigal salvation, Father God. So, Lord, I lift up all of our prodigals before you right now, Father God, and I thank you, Lord, that you are with them, Father, that your arm is not short. Father, I declare that the long arm of the Lord reaches every one of our prodigals, Father God, right where they are, Father God, 24-7, Lord God. They cannot escape you. They cannot escape your spirit. Father, we thank you. We thank you for giving them visions and dreams, Lord. We thank you for, for manifesting Christ and the angels to them, Father. We thank you, God. 
that you don't give up on them, Father God, and you don't want us to give up on them, God. You want us to have that heart of mercy, Father, that you have toward them. And, Father, in Second Peter 3, 9, you say that you are not willing that any should perish. God, that is your heart, that none should perish, but that all would come to repentance, Father God. So, Lord, we ask you to deliver our prodigals, Father God, from all of the addictions that keep them in bondage, Father God, sexual addictions, drug and alcohol addictions, Father, the soul ties. Lord, we destroy every soul tie in their life, Father, to every person, place, and thing, Lord. And we ask you to put a wall and a wedge and a barrier between them and, and the, these, these other people, Father God. Lord, we ask you, Lord, just to draw them to you, Father. Loose every, every resource and every labor into their path, Father God, that would reveal your love and your goodness, Father God, that would draw them to you, Lord God. Father, shine your light into their lives, Father. Expose the darkness and the lies and deception of the enemy. Father God, that every work and assignment of darkness against them would be destroyed and revealed, Father God. It cannot remain hidden. It cannot not remain in in the dark, Father God. It must be exposed, Father God, that it would be thwarted in Jesus' name. Father God, I ask you to pour out the supernatural power, Lord, your supernatural power, Father God. Open the eyes of our prodigal, Father. Let the blinders and the scales come off. Let their ears be open to hear your voice and your voice only, Father. Silence all the voices of the enemy of this world that lie to them and keep them where they are, Father. Lord, we ask that you would melt their hearts and let their hearts be tender and open, God, to your truth, Father God, that would set them free. Lord, we ask you to release the spirit of conviction upon them, Father God, and the spirit of repentance, Lord. Father God, that the fear of the Lord would come upon them, that they would know that there are consequences, Father, for the sinful choices and the rebellion that they're in right now, God. Lord, we pray that they would find no pleasure, no satisfaction, peace, or rest, God, in the place that they're at right now, Father God, in the far country, in their sin, in their rebellion, God. And Father, we just thank you, Lord. Just have mercy on them, Father. Have mercy, Lord God. And Father, I pray that you would help all the women standers. Lord, help us all to keep our witness, Father God. Do not let us lose our witness, Father God. Lord, that we can pick up our cross and we can follow you as we accept the assignment to stand in the gap for their souls, Lord, that you would keep us strong, Father. I pray that you would keep us all strong in the Lord and in the power of your might, Father God, that you would give us your grace, your amazing grace, Father God, and your peace and your wisdom, Father God, every day, every day, Father, order our steps and direct our path. Father, you know what our prodigals need to see. You know what they need to hear, Father. Help us just to trust you and step out in faith as you guide us what to do, Lord God. Father, we thank you for for bringing our prodigals home, for setting them free, Lord God, and drawing them back to you first, Father God, to be saved, truly saved, and have an intimate relationship with you through Jesus, and Father, for bringing them home to us, Father God, and to our families. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. This is Bob, and I'm praying for the male standers. Dear Heavenly Father, on behalf of all male standers, I come before you tonight in the great name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you that we have this open door to you in and through our Lord Jesus. I thank you that you are perfectly aware of every man who is standing for his marriage tonight. Some have just recently heard their wives are leaving. Some are separated. Others are divorced. Some have watched their beloved wives enter into non-covenant marriages. And you alone know all of our needs, our hurts, our weaknesses, and the every detail of our varied stories. And we come to you tonight with hope and with confidence that you are for us. 
that you, Lord, long to be gracious to us, that you rise to show compassion, that you are a God of justice, and that you bless all who wait for you. And Father, I pray that you will work in the heart of every man standing for his marriage tonight, those on this call and those around the world who are not on this call. And I ask you to place within each of us a love for our wives like Jesus' love for his bride, the church, that you would grow in us a perfect and unfailing and unconditional and unrelenting love for our wives that would be like yours, love, your love, precious Lord. So help us as husbands to be considerate of our wives, to live with them in an understanding way as much as is possible with the distance they are putting between themselves and us. Some some of us have almost no interactions with our brides, Lord, but and the only way that we can live with understanding as it relates to them is if you give us that understanding. And that's what we're asking for, Lord. We're asking for you to do exactly that. Enable us to always treat them with respect and yet as heirs uh, with us also of, of the gracious gift of life. Let nothing hinder our prayers, dear Lord. Remove from us all bitterness Let not one trace of bitterness toward our wives be present in us. Give us instead hearts of love and compassion and forgiveness and help us to see our wives as as the brides that we saw on our wedding day, Lord, and that we would see them as you see them. And we ask you even to reveal to us how you want us to see them. And Lord, you know that as standards, we struggle to know what we're supposed to do. We want to be unafraid, and we want to be bold, and we want to be led by you at all times. We want to trust you and to wait on you. In many cases, I believe, um, we've been told by our one flesh brides that they don't want to see us, they don't want to hear from us, and so we ask for your wisdom and guidance. Show us how you would have us to take whatever initiative you want us to take. We want to do what you would have us to do, whether that is simply actively praying and waiting on you, or taking specific actions directed by you. So speak to us, Lord, in a way that we know it's you. Show us your will and your way in everything, Lord, and help us as husbands, as dads, as providers. Help us in every way we need you, Lord. And as we wait on you, Lord, we want to live in a manner that pleases you. We know that from your word that without you we can do nothing. So we choose to abide in you, Lord, and help us. Help us to abide in you, for if we abide in you, we know that you will abide in us and will be fruitful. We ask you to fill us from head to toe and throughout our inner beings with your Holy Spirit. Cause us to overflow with the fruit of your Spirit. And because you are with us, we believe we have every reason to be thankful and to live with expectant joy regardless of our circumstances. And so, Lord, I pray that even today, tonight, that you would surprise us with joy, that that we'd be um, just couldn't contain it. Help us to live lives worthy of our calling, for we've been called by you. So enable us to always be humble and gentle, to be patient with others, especially our wives and children, that we'd make allowances for their faults because of our love. And help us to be on our guard, to stand firm in the faith, to be men of courage, to do everything in love. And Father, you know how lonely many of us are. Help us to know your presence at all times. Keep us pure from the temptations that come in our loneliness. 
Keep our eyes and our minds from evil images and evil thoughts. Give us eyes for our wives only. Give us the strength to persevere in standing as you have called us to stand. Enable us to hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for you who have promised are faithful. So I thank you that we have no reason to be afraid, for you have promised that you will go with us, that you will never leave or forsake us. And I thank you, Father. So we choose today to not throw away our confidence, knowing that it will be richly rewarded, for your word says so. So enable us, Father, to persevere so that we, when we have done your will, we will receive what you promised. We are trusting you tonight to restore our marriages, to reuni- reunite our families, to, to just have your way in our, our lives and families. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, even though in many cases we cannot see anything that you're doing, Lord, but we do know that everything you do is good and right. So we thank you, Father, for your amazing promises and for the grace you provide to help us to live according to your goodwill and pleasure. And finally, Lord, I want to thank you for our wives and for our children. And I thank you for your love and care and concern for them. I thank you for what you're doing on the other side of our mountains. I pray that you will mightily bless our wives and children tonight. The wives and children of every man across the face of this planet who's standing for his marriage and family. I ask you to pour out your grace and your goodness, your compassion and your mercy and your incredible love on our wives and children. And according to your love and goodness, bless them, keep them, and make your face to shine upon them. Bless them according to your will, Father. And finally, Heavenly Father, I ask you to grant each standing husband grace and favor in the eyes of his wife tonight. I ask you to rekindle a love and desire in her heart. And I ask you to amaze our beloved wives with the spark that you kindle in their hearts this very night. Most of all, I ask you to draw them to yourself and transform them by the power of your might, for nothing is too hard for you, gracious Father. So we ask all of this, trusting and believing in the wonderful name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. This is Lori, and I'm going to pray for the children. Father, tonight we come to you, Lord, and we lift up the children that are being affected by the marriage problems that their parents are going through. God, as we um, wind down a day and prepare to um, lay our heads on our pillows, I pray for the boys and girls that are going to go to bed tonight and have the thoughts about their mom or their dad who is not at home. They go to bed and they wonder if they're the reason that their parent has left and if they did something wrong and if it was their fault. And God, tonight I just pray that you would comfort these boys and girls that are going through this. Lord, so many of them are so young, they don't understand what the problem is. They don't understand the the history of what's been going on in that marriage. And God, I just pray that you would protect them, protect their heart from um, the evil that the world has and protect their heart from the reality of the problems that they're having in their home right now. God, I pray that you would um, be with these children as they try to reconcile what is happening and how a parent can say, I love you, but I can't live here. And I love you, but I can't come visit you or the parents that have walked away and don't even communicate with the children, Lord. So many have chosen another family and another lifestyle and have just walked away from not only a spouse, but from children that are just so deeply wounded. God, I pray that you would just wrap your arms around these kids and that they would know 
that you are faithful and you are true. And despite what is happening right now in their life, that you are not changing. And I um, pray, Lord, for the parents that are raising these kids now that um, they're alone. They're trying to be both mom and dad. They're trying to meet the needs that these kids have all on their own. And God, I pray that you would give these parents um, strength, not only emotional strength to answer the tough questions that are going to be coming at them, but the physical strength to be able to care for them and to go through a day of work and to come home and help with homework or do bath time and to do it all alone without a spouse. God, I pray that you would just give them health and that you would give them endurance. And Lord, I pray that you would give them um, a community in their church and their neighbors and their friends that would just rally around them and see the need that is in this family. Lord, right now, while men and women have walked away from their homes, there's a need for for um, Christians to step in and to be mentors to these kids who may be missing a dad or missing a mom right now. And I just pray that you would just help people to be sensitive to that need, God, and that they would reach out and try to um, to fill a need right now where maybe a, a parent is not doing it. Lord, I pray for um, the teenagers of um, these parents that are going through these marriage problems and through these divorces. And God, it's so common um, nowadays for teens to be so sexually active. And, Lord, we know that the statistics are even higher for kids that are coming from divorced homes. So many of them are looking for acceptance and looking for affection, and they're going to the wrong place to find that. And God, I pray that you would just um, protect these kids, Lord, protect them from what the world would want to offer them and from the um, temptations that they face day in and day out. God, I pray that you would help um, us as parents to be sensitive to the things that our children are facing and to not turn our heads away from it, but to help them go through it and to teach them what your word says about every area of the life that they're facing. God, I pray also for the adult children of divorce. So many of them are hurting just like the, the toddlers and the preschool mm-hmm. children, and they feel like they don't, um, they don't know how to understand and how to accept the reality that there's been a problem in their parents' marriage. And God, I just pray that um, you would use these situations to draw men and women to yourself. I pray that that um, standards that are praying for restoration of their marriage can be such a lighthouse for their families that they would just come to the cross because of the faith and the obedience that they've seen in a parent that's standing. Lord, I pray um, that you would just help the adult children to um, come alongside their parent that's praying for restoration and to not um, give them you know, hate and and words of anger and bitterness for a parent that's left, but instead to support them and to be a prayer partner for them. And as adults, you can understand so much more what's happening in a relationship, and they can understand all sides of it now. And I just pray that they would use that to fuel a battle against the enemy and against the one who has really caused the destruction in the families. Lord, I pray that we would just see um, miracles happening in families because of the work that you're doing um, due to the fact people are drawing a line in the sand and are standing for the restoration of their marriage instead of giving up. I just pray that you would restore not only marriages, but you would restore the whole family and that you would heal the generations that are to come after us, God. Be with us tonight, Lord. I thank you for the testimony Greg and Missy shared, and I just pray that um, your word would continue to go on and on from this. In your name, amen.
Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, it's Beverly. And Lord, I come before you this evening and in agreement with all these precious standards. Lord God Almighty, we come boldly before your throne of grace and mercy, as it says in Hebrews 4 and 16. And Lord, we want to lift to you the longer stands. Lord God Almighty, we ask that your abundant grace would flow for the longer stands. And Lord, that you would have mercy and send the help and the grace for the people that have the longer stands. And Lord, we ask in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that you would reward the sacrifices in the longer stands. And according to the uh, Joel 2, 25 and 26, Lord, where it speaks about restoring to us the years the locusts have eaten, Lord, we ask that your grace, that you would restore the years the locusts have eaten as we lift before your throne of grace and mercy the longer stands. And Lord, we're also going to ask you before your throne, Lord, for supernatural breakthroughs in the prodigal's lives and in the marriages. And Lord, according to Acts 9 and 3, where you speak about the Damascus Road, Lord, we ask that your divine manifestation of your Shekinah glory would radiate through and over and in each prodigal's life that's represented, Lord, of all the prodigals that the spouse is praying, standing, and believing. And we thank you, Lord, for also for breakthroughs in the marriages being restored across this nation and in this land. Oh, Lord. Give us the spiritual breakthroughs. Lord, reward us, Lord, for the praying and for the perseverance and everything, Lord, and us standing and believing before you for prodigals' lives and marriages to be restored. And, Lord, we know that in Philippians 4.13 that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for each and every stander, Lord. May we have the tenacity of that bulldog with a pit bull bite. And, Lord, bless us. Bless us, Jehovah Shalom, with your great peace. And give us the endurance, the perseverance, the strength that we are able to live victoriously Christian lives while we are standing and believing God Almighty for our miracles. And, Lord, what you have spoken to each and every one of us. And we praise and honor and thank you for this, God. And, Lord, we also know that in your word, it is written in Second Chronicles 7 and 14. Lord, your word says that if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and speak my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Oh, God, have mercy on this nation. Dear God, we lift to you and we ask, Jehovah Nitzi, that your banner reign over this United States of America and wake up this nation, God Almighty. Wake up this nation. Wake up this nation and send a spiritual awakening and revival, Lord, into this nation. God, help America. Lord, we have the approaching National Day of Prayer on May 5th. And, Lord, we ask for your double grace, but your mercy, Lord, over this nation. Dear God, 
take this nation and turn it upside down and set it on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ and send us revival. Wake your people up. Thank you, God. This is for your glory, for your glory. God bless America and in Jesus' mighty name. To God be the glory in this nation. Marriage is being restored and prodigals being saved for your glory. We honor and praise you and we thank you, God. We thank you, God, for the opportunity and we love you and adore you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lord, we thank you tonight. We thank you for this uh, conference call, and we just give you all the praise for all the ones that have spoken and participated tonight. We give you the praise and the glory for Greg and Missy's testimony tonight, and we just thank you for every prayer warrior that has prayed and uh, cried out to you and for the standards around the world, and we just give you the praise of the glory for your presence tonight. We have heard it. We have felt it. We know that we know that you are right here with us interceding, and you are our intercessor, and you are just taking all these prayers like incense up before the Lord God Almighty. And we just give you the praise and the glory that Father God is hearing all of these, and now we're just asking and waiting for the answers to come forth. And we are just expecting and believing each and every day for answers to prayer for each and every one of us, each and every one for that is on our chapel page with uh, physical uh, ailments and injuries and uh, especially cancer or strokes heart attacks, and Lord, we just ask that you be with every one of those people on the chapel page. We ask you be with all the family members. We ask that you would um, be the Jehovah Rapha and heal and touch them and uh, do miracle healings, and we have asked the ones that are getting chemo and radiation and um, medicines that are so difficult to take that you would just touch them and heal them and give them the mercy and grace to get through it to be um, cancer-free, and we just ask that you would go to our court page, and we pray for everyone every day, the people that are going to court, and we just ask that you would just block and stop these divorces. We pray that these spouses are talking about divorce, that we pray that they never file. We pray the ones that file will never go to court, that they will never fill out the papers out properly, or they will never uh, file them properly, that they will be um, just be delay upon delay upon delay that they're never divorced. And we just pray that they will then come to their senses and they will escape from the trap of the enemy and that they will be obedient to the wooing and to your voice and to your calling upon them all the time. There is a million different ways that you can speak to these prodigals. And we just ask that you would just continue to speak to them louder and louder until they uh, humble themselves before you, until they and I pray every single prodigal will fear the Lord, Father God. We are just praying they fear God because there are consequences to their sins. And we just want, we're asking for mercy and grace, and we're asking for you to move quickly on their hearts and their lives for the sake of themselves and for the sake of their families. And we are just asking that then they can be a lighthouse. Then you will get the glory. The sooner they get home, the sooner they turn their heart to you, um, the sooner God gets all the glory and honor for what you have done in the standards life and the children's lives. And, and there are children that are accepting the Lord even uh, this past Easter. 
and the lives are being touched and changed in spite of what has been happening. And, Lord, we're just asking that you will just speak so loudly, and we just pray for every one of the prodigals and for our, all the standers and for our, all of us, all the employees of Rejoice Ministries and everyone that goes on our website. We just pray that we all will be obedient to your word, to your will, and to your way. May we not close our eyes to our own sins and to our own weaknesses and failures, but may we strive to be more like you each and every day. And God, forgive us for our sins, and may you help us to be more Christ-like and make us to be more obedient to your will and way. And Father, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you for all that you've done. I thank you for everyone that has prayed, and I just pray for every stander here. And I pray for the ones that have been wounded and hurt and feel that it is hopeless. I pray that they will play this over again and continue to listen to all our our, um, live recordings on our website and that they will be filled up and know that God is speaking to them and it's not what we say, but it's what you say in your word that you hate divorce and that you want. We're one flesh, a husband's wife are one flesh and that what God has put together, let not man separate. And we are just giving you the praise and the glory for what you're doing right now into every one of the prodigal's lives. And we give you the praise, we give you the glory, and we just ask you to bless this uh, recording that it will be used mightily and be touched on many thousands of people in the uh, months to come. And we'll just give you the praise and the glory. Lord, we ask you to bless each and every one. And I thank Greg and Missy, and I thank Deanne and Beverly, and I thank Lori and Bob. And I just give the praise and the glory for faithful uh, people that will Um, support and help us out when we do a conference call. And I just thank you for all the faithfulness of all our standards around the world who makes it possible for us to do this conference call. And may you all be blessed and encouraged, and may you pass and share this uh, conference call, Lord. May, May it go to other people to give them that hope and encouragement that we all have had tonight by hearing the message, but also hearing the word of God and applying it to our lives. We give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, everyone. I just give God the glory and honor. Thank you, Greg and Missy. Thank you, Bob and Deanne and Beverly. And, of course, uh, Lori and Tim. Goodness gracious, I couldn't do it without them. So we have been blessed tonight. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.